Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to CFB Unfiltered. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Josh Taylor and Donovan White as we are coming to you for a reaction show of a once again unpredictable wild college football week that seems to be par for the course this year. It is just so many upsets and things like that going on, except for the just unpeckable consistency of the Georgia Bulldogs dominating it week in and week out but we'll we'll uh digress and get to that here in just yeah, a yeah. while but uh you know we're going to talk about ed orgeron being out kind of i mean he's now an interim head coach again so they're probably going to be great the rest <laughs> of the year so you know that that'll be that's a positive lsu gets best of both worlds they get interim head coach ed o plus they get him out of there at the end of the year that's like perfect so uh ed, ed orgeron and lsu parting ways Iowa goes down. Oklahoma State uh, steps up and takes care of business, as I predicted they would in this matchup versus Texas. Um, you know, and we've got a bunch of different topics to to hit. But uh, you know, Josh, when when you come about this weekend, when you're taking in all this action, all the college football action, all the way to people throwing full mustard bottles on the field at Tennessee at the end of the end of the game. Uh, what's your takeaway from week seven of college football, just in general, before we start diving into the specifics of everything? I mean, like you said, it's just, to me, this has been one of the more unpredictable seasons. You know, when you feel really good about a team winning, you, you place that bet and you're like, Oh yeah, Arkansas is not going to let me down. Like there's no way Iowa loses again to Purdue. Like they always do, or there's no way else he's going to be able to run the ball against Florida. And it just completely goes against what you think is going to happen. So, Yes, we play some bets, and we're going to give a shout-out to Bet Online here in a second, but this has been the most unpredictable, not even just betting-wise, but the rankings and playoffs. There's so many different things that can go on. Big Ten is flooded. It just like Teams just keep bouncing around. And I think some of the teams that lost early, like Alabama, are going to slowly try to come back up, maybe like Ohio State also, to make that little last place uh, in the race for the playoffs. But it's interesting, but there's just a lot going on. And then Coach O comes out and throws out the news just to make it even more interesting uh, before the week even gets started, really. And Donovan, your uh, initial thoughts before we dive into everything here? I think once again, we kind of see in this week, I know, I mean, obviously Iowa loses this race. I understand Georgia's been consistent. This race, you know, to be crowned at the end of the season, you know, national champion, it's kind of up for grabs by anyone, right? We're seeing teams that we didn't think were really going to be there. We're seeing teams that are, you know, playing above their talent level, right? I just think it's so exciting after having a season like we did last year, or even the past three years, if you had like the kingpins always there ready to pounce. And now it's kind of like, all right, we've got a few of the people in there that might, you know, have some excitement to go along at the end of the season. No doubt. And if you want to always have some excitement, guys, you can put a little action on the games with Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another season of football. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season with an updated website and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to their website, use the mobile dev- your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% 
welcome bonus on your first deposit. So don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your bonus from football, basketball, even the baseball playoffs, which I got going on over my shoulder right now. Boxing uh, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And bet online. It's where the games start. Uh, speaking of that, Josh, before we, you know, got on, uh, about went crazy when, you know, Jock Peterson continued Jocktober over here for the Braves. You got that going on. So, uh, lots of action over there for Bet Online. I know you're like my other co host on my other show, Tavares King. He's like, I don't care about, I don't baseball. Care about baseball. I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to talk about baseball for once in a while. Okay. Uh, you know, the Braves, uh, that kind of rallies the whole Southeast down here, you know, because there's really yeah, only yeah, one team, uh, one team around every, everything. So, but in terms of football, guys, we the first thing we want to dive in deep on here is Ed Orgeron separating with LSU. It's supposed to be a mutual decision, really. I think they're just letting him uh, save a, a little bit of face uh, here at the end because he did win them a national title. Well, he was there while Joe Burrow won him a national title. But, Joe you know, Brady. It, 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 and Joe Brady, yeah. Uh, Joe Brady but, won the national championship. <laughs> He, he did. He did some things. You know, had a. He was the figurehead while it was going on there at LSU. Like it or not, he was very uh, motivational for those guys. All that kind of stuff. But it did not come without its absolute uh, just train wreck of scandals. And you know, Josh Donovan, whoever wants to, feel free to jump in. But uh, that the the sexual harassment scandal. Um, and then, you know, just the the combine that with the play that they've had and then him threatening to kill people live on uh, on radio. I mean, it was just it just got to be too much. Sounds for, like Washington uh, over there. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, and, I mean, speaking of Washington with Darius Geis, I mean, I, it seems like that's kind of where it all started. And that 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 coming out, you know, the performance on the field and then, like you said, just everything else with Coach O. And like, I'm not going to talk about the guy because I don't know what's true, what's not like what all happened. But um the more I heard about it today, I mean, I was at the Washington game today, but I was just reading stuff and, you know, people close to LSU and, you know, people in the media were saying just like, it was like the players didn't really respect him in a way and didn't want to play for him. He didn't really want to be there anymore. Like he knew like he wasn't meeting the standards of LSU. Like it was a mutual thing, but I just thought it was interesting because you did, you know, you see this historic, one of the greatest teams of all time, as much as I hate to see it with LSU, with Joe Burrow, um, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, all of them. It, like they were all like together. It seemed like this this team that just had like a ton of swagger to itself. Like they all played together, and then like everyone left. It just seems like this new, young, fresh group of kids like are just like, yeah, we don't really like this guy as our coach. It sounds like, which is kind of weird to hear, but yeah, there's just so much to it. And they asked him if they like think that he's going to coach next year. He said he's probably going to take some time off, maybe a year or two. Um, think about it. I think he'll come back eventually. You see those 18 installments that he's going to be getting paid? I'd take some time mm-hmm. off too. Just <laughs> yeah. like, let the they, You know what they call that? They call that mailbox money. You just go to the mailbox and collect it every once in a while because nice. it's going to be showing up over there. Donovan, I mean, uh, before we move on to some of these games and stuff, I mean, what do you think about okay LSU? This was in this was in the works before this week even got started. We we're finding out now. And you see the powerful uh, interim head coach power of Ed Orgeron because he wow. becomes the interim head coach and goes out and beats Florida. So my question is, what do you think about that dynamic of it, him staying the rest of the year? And then two, Donovan, what does it say about the culture of the Florida program that you can go up against a team this banged up and in this much disarray and just get embarrassed by them? 
Well, I mean, it, it is strange. That dynamic for us season would be weird. And again, LSU, you can make the argument as a top five job in college ball, right? They've got the history. They've got the talent. They've got the recruiting base. So that already the talk of who's going to be the next head coach, right? Luke Fickle, maybe. that That is already going, and that's only going to add to the weirdness of the locker room. It's like, oh, my players are already talking about who's going to replace me, right? Everyone's already talking about it. So, you know, it's not going to be a fun locker room to be in unless they start winning again. You know, then I get a little fun back. Um, but on the flip side with Florida, I mean, man, that something's going on there. And it, it might even be a bigger, bigger culture issue than what's going on at LSU now. To come in, and we were all very confident. Josh, you and I talked last week. We were like, yeah, this is going to be the last one for Coach O, which it was, but for a different reason. We thought yeah. it was going to be Florida was going to, you know, blow the brakes off. And, I picked LSU, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's strange to see a, a, a rapid decline. We've talked about it before in you know terms of Florida's record over, I believe, the last eight or nine games. Um, it, it, it's yeah, Dan Mullen's not doing a great job over there in his locker room. He's going to get under control. Although that ship already might be sailed for him for this year. Yeah, I, I think I think Dan, if anybody should be separating with their program, it should be Dan Mullen. Florida should be like this is not to our standard because not only is Dan is Florida not playing the way they need to on the field, but they are getting absolute skull dragged in recruiting. I mean, they are, they, Shamar James, who's one of their top, uh, one of their top prospects that's committed to him. He's been at Georgia the last two games. So who knows? He may end up, I saw him at, at the game, uh, when I was, you know, covering against Kentucky. He was there. So who knows? There may be a flip in the works on that for him, and that would really hurt a their lot re- recruiting class. So there's there's a lot of stuff. Shamar James, also Alabama, could end up flipping him back. Who, who knows? He's from, from over there in the Mobile area. So there's a lot of stuff going on when it comes to those. Obviously, uh, you know, Florida couldn't stop anybody. But now let's get to the – Game that uh, I predicted correctly over there, and we'll th- we'll throw the headline up here in just a minute. But uh, Oklahoma State, um, a team that was well ranked ahead, I think they were twelfth, and Texas was twenty fifth, uh, and yet Texas was a, I think, what was it, a five, five point, and a half point now, five and a half point favorite over there, and uh, I I just had a feeling that this, I think this year, Donovan, we've talked about the trend of the teams that are more physical, the teams that play better defense this year are having more success, at least early on, midway through this season. I think that Oklahoma State fit that bill. You know, they fit that description, and that's why I like them more than than Texas because I thought that they were going to play tough defense, contain Texas's run game, make the young quarterback try to beat you with his arm, and that's what they that's what they did, and they did enough on offense to produce. They held Texas to 24 points. In the Big Ten, that's like a – that's like – I mean, in the Big 12, that's almost like a shutout, you know. So, you know, who knows what's going on over there. But thoughts on Oklahoma State beating uh, Texas, and are they a true contender now, guys? I don't know if they're a true contender yet. Um, it's certainly impressive what they do, what they did against Texas. I was pretty positive Texas was going to win that. I didn't know if Oklahoma State could offensively keep up, um, and I underestimated their defense a little bit. Right? They played exactly the kind of mold of game we've been talking about. Jalen Warren had 33 carries, 193 yards. He outdueled you know Bajan Robinson, who got his yards. He got his he got his what was due for him, right? But that Oklahoma State defense caused I think it was two interceptions for Casey Thompson in key moments. Right? One was a pick six. Another one was later in the game. You, 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 their defense played exactly what they had to do, and their offensive line led the way for that run game. Again, Spencer Sanders wasn't that impressive, right? Again, he's 
almost like a perfect game manager for this team right now. The question is, is he a is he a good enough game manager to propel them past other teams that have you know special talent at quarterback, right? Like the Alabamas of the world, the Ohio States, the you know the the Cincinnati's even, right? I don't and I don't know if, the, if that's true. <laughs> there's the there's the the headline. If you're watching on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, you see. Blaine was right. Oklahoma State knocked off Texas. So we got we got that one in there. But Josh, uh, your reaction. I mean, you 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 I know you were very questionable of uh, you know, Spencer Saunders' ability and and to be, yes, Ben Sanders Saunders, either way. Uh, you know, when it goes to uh, 178 yards passing, not some great performance. They were six to seventeen on on third down efficiency. Um, but you know, enough they did control the clock 33 minutes of possession versus Texas's 26, and they held uh Bijan Robinson in check. So, you know, overall thoughts on Oklahoma State, Texas? I mean, to me, like the one stat that jumped out to me was four for 14 on third downs by Texas, like that is not gonna win you any football games. And Texas's defense is just te- uh terrible, and it seemed like when me and Donovan did our episode, like talking about this game, I compared Oklahoma state to Kentucky, like really good defense, like kind of a liability at offense. But now they're looking more of like Iowa to me. Like I still don't trust Spencer Sanders. Like he, he showed that he can do enough. <laughs> there goes the microphone. So for me, like it's just, I, like I see the quarterback play and it's Texas's defense. Like, I still don't trust their defense. Like, we, we saw what Oklahoma did against them. Like, everyone's going to do that to Texas. Spencer Sanders looked better against Texas, but I still don't think he's, like, good. So, I think he's more of, like, a Petra-style quarterback who, like, he might be able to win you some games, but as we saw and we'll talk about, he might give some games away, which he's, you know, famous for making mistakes and stuff like that. Like you said, Warren running the ball like he did, controlling that game, that's exactly what you want to do. Yeah, uh, Don K says here, what impressed me what, uh, about Okie State was the second half shutdown of Texas. Very good point. They, they, you know, that, and that shows coaching too, right? When you're able to make adjustments in the second half and, and, and outplay teams in the second half, uh, you know, that is, that is a big deal. Uh, and then, you know, talk, talk is pit. We're going to talk oh, about love Kenny Pickett. We're going to oh talk about gosh. Kenny Pickett and uh, his Heisman chances later on him and Matt Corral. Are they the Heisman favorites now? We'll get to that here in just a minute. And then also uh, joining in with us on to shout out these guys here with us, uh, Chuck Brown, OSU is the best D in the big 12, but the offense is offensive at times. So like great, good point. <laughs> great point, Chuck, right there. So, uh, you know, when it comes to it, I, that's what I'm excited to see here, guys, is I'm excited to see who is going to be better at their element of the game when it comes down to Bedlam, right? First off, we'll, we're, we're going to do uh, previews later in the week, so make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you uh, listen to podcasts at, because we're going to be doing a breakdown of not only Oklahoma State uh, and Iowa State, which they're a underdog again uh, on the road against Iowa State, inexplicably, because it's I like think they're a better points, football team dude. than I, Iowa State. I really do. Um so we'll be talking about that. We'll be breaking down all the games uh, coming up this week. Pittsburgh taking on Clemson in a, in a game that Kenny Pickett against a good Clemson defense. Their offense is trash, but their defense is still really good. Uh, Kenny Pickett has an opportunity to have a Heisman-type moment there, right? He has a, If he can light up a good defense uh, in Clemson, he can, he can do some stuff over there. So we're going to do all these breakdowns and things like that. So make sure to give us a follow 
uh, on, on these pod, podcast platforms and then also uh, here on the 365 Sports YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe. Um, but, guys, you know, we've talked about the Florida debacle and uh, losing on the road at LSU, and they really shouldn't have. Now they have a bye week going in to face Georgia. We talked about Iowa going down. Well, we haven't talked about Iowa going down. We've talked about Oklahoma State uh, t- going on the road, de- defeating Texas. So we broke that down. Now let's talk about Iowa, who was number two in the country. And once again, the team that was kind of the favorite in the Big Ten, you know, Purdue has a knack of doing this. It's like four out of the last five years they beat the team uh, that either finishes first or second in the in the Big Ten. Uh, they just find a way to upset these teams. But I think Iowa's inability to have some continuity and some explosivity on offense finally bit them in the tail on this one, Donovan. Yeah, again, it almost felt like, you know, not a lot of people are talking about it. It almost felt like you're waiting for an Iowa loss, right? No one, we didn't, I mean, we didn't say that, but I'm sure in the, it was in the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah, but doesn't it kind of feel like Iowa's going to lose one of these? And it was, it was strange. I mean, the, 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 the script was flipped a little bit, right? I mean, Purdue quarterback, uh, Aiden O'Connell, I mean, he, he shredded the Hawkeyes a little bit, right? And Spencer, uh, Spencer, uh, how do you say his last name? Petrus. Petrus. Yeah, Petrus. Four interceptions, right? The the off the high our Hawkeyes offense was shut down by Purdue's defense, which admittedly isn't very good. They're nothing special, right? It's it's Purdue this year. Purdue doesn't typically have an up year, and I don't. I still don't think it's it's this year for them. And you just saw the you know the the negatives and the weaknesses of Iowa come full force. You just would have thought you'd see it against like an Ohio State, right? In the Big Ten championship, you didn't expect to be Purdue. Again, I know the embarrassment. Of uh, and the pain of losing to Purdue as the number two team in the country, as my team <laughs> did on a, a fateful night more, a few baby. years ago. <laughs> uh, that mem- that memory haunts me uh, to this game. day. But it, it's a shame for the Big Ten. It's a shame just for college football. Um, you know, some people think it's a good thing when big upsets happen. Yeah, I don't know. The new faces up there in the top five when they lose, it's always a little sad to see them go. Yeah, uh, Josh. You know, Iowa had been winning in a formula that even Vegas was very wary of because they were not only getting a lot of turnovers, but they were even returning those for touchdowns. They were taking them deep into opponent's territory, and that's how they were you know, getting their points. They were always winning the turnover battle, and they were capitalizing on the turnovers and playing great defense. Well, the defense ends up giving up 464 yards in this game, and they threw four interceptions. So they were ended up being minus three after Purdue lost a fumble. So four interceptions for Iowa, one fumble loss for Purdue. But so minus three on the evening. Once that happens, you have to be able to overcome that with some plays down the field, and that is just not what Iowa is. No, and that's one thing I've been so worried on. Like I was mentioning with like Oklahoma State, is like I just I haven't been able to to trust uh, Petrus as a quarterback because he's getting short fields. His defense is doing all the work, and he's just kind of finishing drives for them. Um, but you look at it; it's funny because my buddy texted me Saturday morning. He's like, "Dude, I, I'm going to bet like Purdue straight up to win." I'm like, "No, you're crazy." And I was actually one in three against Purdue the last four years. Like some reason, Purdue always has their number, and like you said, Donovan, like. It just felt like it was time for it to happen. Like it was just coming. I was going to lose one of these games that they shouldn't lose. And it turns out to be their kryptonite Purdue out of all the teams in the Big Ten. Um, But man, like you talk about a draft 
you know, side of it. Rondell Moore, who ended Donovan, like you're talking about that one game, just went off that game, made his name known. That's probably like the top part for him in his career at college. And then David Bell goes off for 11 catches, 240 yards and a touchdown against that Hawkeye secondary, which is a little bit banged up. Um, I think who was out? Not Moss, but um, Hankins. Was Hankins, Hankins yeah, Hankins has been banged up. He's hurt a little bit, but still, like that Iowa defense we've been seeing all year long. There's no way a dude should be catching that kind of ball, mm-hmm. and his name's absolutely on a lot of draft boards now because you see Rondell Moore going off now in the NFL, and people are like, all right, something's going on in Purdue where they can they can produce some little small, quick wide receivers out there for some reason. Yeah, and you know, so when you're talking about these guys, when we're when when we're breaking down these games of okay, here's Oklahoma State, what they're doing, here's where Iowa, where they fell out. What we're really leading to here is who are the true contenders, right? In in college football, we're seven, you know, depending on how many you know bye weeks and stuff. You're six, seven games in right now to to a season, and that brings us here, guys, to our rankings, and we we. Each week now here are doing our own set of rankings as we go into this. So, Donovan, I'm going to throw your rankings on the on the screen first, and you can kind of talk through uh, for the people on our podcast platform uh, who you have ranked where and your logic behind it. So when I do my rankings, right, I try and be objective, right, as unlike a lot of the AP voters out there. I try and look at it from a perspective of who deserves to be there, right, in terms of their win-loss, right, who and who have they beaten, and who honestly would beat the other ones, right? It, it's got to be about a 50-50 kind of look to it. So I think Georgia's the unquestioned number one. Um, we saw their offense, saw Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, kind of step up a little bit, 250 yards passing, three touchdowns. He looked good, you know, 14 of 20. Um, so we're seeing Georgia kind of work out any of those kinks on offense and get healthy, right? Um, Ohio State's number two. Again, I think they're starting to come on. And I, I know they had a bye week this week. Um, they're about to go into the gauntlet. I mean, they play Indiana this coming week. They play Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan still at Nebraska still. We're going to see how, you know, how much Ohio State's come along. Uh, by the time the Big Ten Championship's over, uh, they could play five or six ranked teams in a six-week time span. It'd be nuts. Um, Cincinnati uh, sitting there at 6-0. and uh, again, Cincinnati moved up to number two uh, in the AP poll. I don't think they're better than Ohio State. Um, I think Ohio State would pre- them pretty solidly. But again, Cincinnati deserves to be up there. Oklahoma, listen, Oklahoma, the wheels are starting to turn a little bit, and that's dangerous for the rest of college football um, and dangerous for Oklahoma State, too, when they eventually meet up. Alabama, number five. Listen, I, I think they should have dropped farther after they lost to Texas A&M, uh, but we got to be honest with ourselves. Are any of those teams behind Alabama really going to beat them when it's all said and done? Could they beat them? I don't think so. Uh, Michigan State, I'm pretty high. I think they're the second best team in the Big Ten. Uh, Penn State, I'm higher on still. They had some issues against Iowa. I think they're going to get worked out. It's going to be a massive showdown against Ohio State. Oklahoma State, I think, again, as we mentioned, is starting to find their own groove with the run game and the defense. Ole Miss jumps back in the top 10 for me. I think they got the best quarterback in the country. I don't think a lot of teams uh, would be able to keep up with them in scoring. Uh, just on a game-to-game basis. And Michigan, I'm not as high in Michigan, and I promise you that's not because I'm an Ohio mm-hmm. State fan. I do not think Michigan, I think they're a barely a top-10 team. It was either them or Oregon, and I'm not a huge fan of Oregon at the moment. I couldn't keep Iowa in the top-10 because that's what's fair, Josh. Yeah. I'm yeah, fair. I don't have Alabama as one. Like, put my there's, there's Josh's. <laughs> yeah, so we'll go with Josh's next, and then we'll kind of talk about all three of them here after. Josh, who do you got in your top-10? All right, obviously Georgia. Cincinnati is like 
obviously I'm an Alabama fan, but I love Cincinnati as like a team. Obviously, with Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford, the Alabama transfer running back, killing it over there. But Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner is probably the best duo secondary in college football. They're getting turnovers. They're making big plays. Then you have Darian Beavers, the linebacker, who does the same thing. Great leader on the defense. Oklahoma, obviously, is a much different team now with um, Caleb Williams at the helm, which he should be, rightfully so. With Spencer Rattler, I don't know if they're a top six, seven team, honestly. So I think they're going to keep riding with Williams, and they're number three for me. Alabama played just flat-out pissed off last night. I love it. Will Anderson forced that game. Jordan battled two interceptions. Exactly the kind of defense we've been waiting for, finally. Um, Ohio State, Strouds looked much better. Obviously, just a complete juggernaut of an offense. They're finally getting things clicking. We knew it was going to take some time with the new quarterback, you know, just getting that relationship going and all those connections going. So I think they're trending in the right direction to win the Big Ten pretty easily, if you ask me, honestly. Um, Oklahoma State, they earned my respect. I've been doubting them all season long. I'm going to put them there, but, like, to me, they're the ones that's walking the tightrope. Like, I think, once again, I don't trust Spencer Sanders at quarterback. And I feel like I could say the same thing about, you know, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Michigan State at 7, Michigan at 8. Penn State at nine, Iowa at 10. Really good defenses, but I feel like one side of the ball has been stronger than the other. I feel like Michigan Michigan State showed that they have a defense finally this week, but I don't know if I trust Thorne at quarterback yet. Um, and same with Michigan. Just haven't really seen a big test for them that impressed me. Penn State, great defense. I want to see a little bit more of that offense clicking in Iowa. I still have them in the top 10. I think they'll get things going. They have a huge gauntlet coming up, probably one of the harder schedules remaining. So to me, it's like I think all the teams that are like, oh, they might make the playoffs, like this random team that's never been there, they're going to have like their weaknesses are going to show. Their liability at quarterback. They're not going to be able to establish a run game against somebody or the defense is just going to suck or you know anything like that. So I think the bad teams are going to filter themselves out, and I think it's going to be Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Stop. And, uh, you know, I, I, saw, I saw a comment over here in the, uh, you know, I, I can't remember who, oh, D- I think Dylan Oden put when uh, <laughs> when Donovan was putting his comment, I'll put it up there. He said, you have Ohio State at two. Oh, this is biased AF. You know, uh, so <laughs> I'm right it is. <laughs> I'm just telling you, here's a disclaimer. I hate Ohio State. And this is my top 10 right here. I, I cannot stand Ohio State. But, but let me tell you something. Yes, they lost in a fluke game early on in the year to a, to an Oregon team. But I'm telling you, there's when you talk about the bar right now, it's it's Georgia. We're not talking about let's, – let's not throw out past years and all that kind of stuff. Everybody wants to throw, oh, Georgia hadn't won this and that. Georgia is the bar right now. They have beat they, – they may not be ranked anymore. They've beat – Two teams that are currently ranked, four teams total that were ranked when they played them. Three of those were in the top ten, and they've beat them soundly. Georgia also, people want to give stuff about their their offense. Guys, Alabama, who everybody thinks is this great explosive offense, they've got 42 plays on the year of 20-plus yards or more. Guess how many Georgia has? 38. There are four plays behind them in terms of explosive plays uh, on the year. So, you know, Georgia, they do it in a different way with play action with the run game. They're number one in the country. The reason I put Ohio State at two is because I think Ohio State is the team that Georgia does not want to see in the, in the, in the college football playoff because they, they not only have like Alabama has one Jameson Williams, right? Ohio State. John Mechie. Hold on now. 
Okay, Don Mechie's turned into it. He didn't catch anything over 10 yards anymore. They like use him as a possession receiver. But Don, uh, Donovan, Ohio State has four guys uh, that Georgia does not want to see. Their secondary, Georgia's secondary is their weakest link right now, okay? But they're able to cover long enough, and they utilize more zone coverage to allow Georgia to get pressure with four. So I got Georgia at one, Ohio State at two, Alabama at three, Cincinnati at four. Don't come at me with this Cincinnati stuff. I don't I, on now. You know. It Cincinnati, it, have, they have not played anybody, and Notre Dame as well is not a good football team. So don't come, oh, they beat Notre Dame. Who cares? I don't care that they beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the most underachieving football team year in and year out. It's it's terrible. So you got you got uh, Notre Dame nowhere to be found in my top ten. I got Oklahoma State in there because of what they've done to this point. They've won in a consistent format. Michigan the same way. I did not have Oklahoma in my top ten last week. Caleb Williams changes all of that. But then. Guys, I'm not going to give them by one game of what Caleb Williams done. He's got to – yes, he's a phenomenal player. He may be overall the best player in college football when the year's said and done. That's how good Caleb Williams is. However, he's got to do it more than one game, and they still gave up 35 points to a TCU team who's not exactly uh, the greatest offensive unit in the world. Oklahoma's defense has some major problems. Uh, Michigan State – they're just playing very consistently for Mel Tucker. He's totally overhauled that uh, that roster. Has I think forty transfers in the last two years for Michigan State. So a really really good Michigan State team. I think Kenneth Walker is, gives them a recipe to have success because when you got a special back like that, uh, playmakers on the outside, that is a good recipe for Michigan State to win. They got to tighten things up on defense a little bit over there. Penn State, I think, depends on what Sean Clifford has going on. And then Mississippi surviving, literally surviving with trash being pelted <laughs> at their faces the uh, last night. Uh, you know, Lane Kiffin with the tweet of, of 2021, he tweeted out the gif of uh, of George Costanza pulling that golf ball out of his jacket and holding it up right there. Lane <laughs> kept the, the golf ball that was thrown at him in classic Lane fashion. So that is my top ten. Guys, I just do, and I know you're a big proponent of Cincinnati, and I know they're going to the Big 12, and I know that this 365 Sports Network has a lot of Big 12 fans in it. I'm just telling you, if Cincinnati is going to become the class of the Big 12 going forward with Oklahoma and Texas out of there, the Big 12 will no longer be a Power 5 <laughs> conference. It's a Group of 5 conference because year in and year out, Cincinnati will not be able to compete in the fashion they are, and their their schedule just lined up favorable because before the year, you got Notre Dame and Iowa uh, and Indiana where they're like, ooh, those are two tough games they got to go play. No, well, it turned out not no. to be because neither one of them have quarterback play. Both of them have issues when it comes to stopping people on defense. So I just don't think that – I think Cincinnati is – they still have to play an undefeated SMU team who has the – I can't remember the quarterback from uh, Oklahoma that transferred out from Oklahoma is balling right now for uh, SMU. So that is at Cincinnati. But that's a game where when the weight of a playoff berth starts getting on these, these group of five teams, right, and they've got these expectations they have to live up to, it happens every year you seem to see somebody crumble late. So we'll see if Cincinnati can keep it up. I, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to throw in let's, a few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, our playoff predictions and, you know, I, I was pretty high on Cincinnati's just chances, at least of making the playoffs. They are 
probably not rooting for Oklahoma State to keep winning right now, right? They're not rooting for Caleb Williams to do well, you know, for Oklahoma. They're not rooting for Ohio State to keep this trajectory going because there's just so many teams. No, Cincinnati did not just beat Georgia. They had a moral they, victory. They, <laughs> they, a moral victory. They narrowly lost. So I guess if you want to count that as a victory. It was no, a good uh, game. Desmond Ritter, he just can't throw the ball. It was a good no, game. No. It was a good game with all, you know, 15 people that elected not to play for Georgia <laughs> in that game. So, you know, it's, you know, that's just, it's not even close, guys. It's not even close. Uh, Cincinnati will get just raked over the coals when they when they play know. a good I'm team. I'm staying strong with them. I'm Donovan, strong. go ahead and finish out there, man. Well, well I'll, just, I'll ask you the question. If Ohio State, for example, finishes 12-1, and wins the Big Ten Championship, Cincinnati finishes 13-0, and are you really going to leave out Ohio State for Cincinnati players? I mean, I, I understand Cincinnati's undefeated, but can anyone honestly say that an undefeated Ohio State team would – or I'm sorry, an undefeated Cincinnati team wouldn't be – slaughtered by Ohio State, wouldn't be slaughtered by a 12-1 and Alabama, wouldn't be slaughtered by a 12-1 and Georgia if Georgia loses. I mean, come on, can we – I don't know if you can reasonably say that Cincinnati could be – I like being hypothetical, though. I can't say – oh, yeah, they would, so let's not put them in because of that. But what Cincinnati has to hope for, they they have to hope that Georgia goes undefeated uh-huh. because if Georgia loses narrowly, losses, yeah. narrowly to Alabama in the, in the SEC championship – both Georgia and Alabama are getting in. There's, there's no, there's no question about it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening later, later in the year. I, one, one thing that I would love to see is I would love to see Oklahoma State run the table. I would love to see that because that blows. That's like a grenade right in the middle of the whole if thing. They beat so, Oklahoma too, and they're both twice. They probably they would have to beat them twice. Yeah. You know, because uh, whoever wins the Bedlam matchup, they're going to have to rematch probably the next week. Uh, and that's assuming that Oklahoma State doesn't have a letdown. Listen, I know they don't have elite quarter play uh, quarterback play. Uh, you know, they do have Warren that's helping them out there. But you know, like I said, a, a another. Uh, road underdog, I think, next week at Iowa State. Um, so those are some key matchups, guys, and our reaction on that, or our rankings, that kind of stuff. Now I want to talk about the Heisman, right? And this is where, uh, you know, talk is Pitt is going to be happy in here in our comments where we're talking about Kenny Pickett because Pittsburgh went over to Virginia Tech, a team that has played surprisingly well this year Virginia Tech has and 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 you know that atmosphere Josh you went there earlier this year for that North Carolina beatdown that they had I mean it's a killer atmosphere and Kenny Pickett goes in there and just is steady as they come and really has a, a great moment and he's got an opportunity I believe at home versus Clemson to have a huge Heisman type moment uh, I don't think Matt Corral you know, he he ran for a lot of yards against Tennessee, but that I think with that game being so ugly and that kind of stuff, you got to remember this is a human voted award, right? Uh, th- these are these are biased voters and things like that. I think Kenny Pickett could could have an opportunity to have a more pure moment and go uh, take care of Clemson. Um, what what do you guys uh, think about the Heisman race at this point? Well, I think the the weird thing about Kenny Pickett is like his draft talk is getting it's ramping up like heavy right now. Like especially with Sam Howell, he's been like, eh, this year. Spencer Rattlers went from first round pick to I need to find a school to play at next year. Like it's it's been a crazy like draft board so far. So like Kenny Pickett's been like the steady guy who's like I was telling Donovan, he went from like a fourth, fifth round pick, like last year to like possibly like late first early second now which is crazy but 
Um, like he's getting more draft talk, but he's not getting any Heisman talk. And like the game that stood out to me was that Tennessee game. I watched that whole game like twice, just got a lot of money on Pittsburgh. Um, but like he lit it up that game. And then same thing with Virginia Tech. Like he didn't, he didn't put up like video type like numbers or anything like that. But yeah, that was a terrible game. Wait, but, uh, for well, Michigan, but hey, here's still. here's they we're not. I, I just want to point out we're not talking about Pitt getting into the CFP. We're talking mm-hmm. about Kenny Pick Pickett winning the freaking Heisman. Against it, you know, unless he's going to turn around and play safety or play linebacker too, <laughs> he put four it, wasn't his, it wasn't his fault when we was Western Michigan. Kenny Pickett stat in that game, it's six he goes, touchdowns. He goes twenty three of thirty one, three hundred eighty two yards, six touchdowns to one interception. In that and he was game. the leading uh, rusher for the team. <laughs> yeah, had forty nine yards rushing. I mean, yeah. Kenny Pickett is a uh, listen. He he's one of those rare guys that comes back and you know doesn't have a lot of talk and really is starting to light it up. He, he, you know, had a uh, relationship with Peyton Manning in the off season where he's really asked for his advice and Peyton's kind of helped him out with some stuff there. And I think Kenny Pickett is a guy who should be considered right up there with, you know, Kenneth Walker with a Matt Corral, uh, you know, depending on what Bryce Young goes throughout the rest of the year, you know, we'll see. Um, a lot I, just, of I love senior quarterbacks. Like, and I say that every draft time, like people didn't like Justin Herbert. I was a little bit weary on Justin Herbert, but I just love senior quarterbacks because the best way to get better at quarterback is just going through reps, like going through defenses, going through emotions, events, like the, the bad defenses, like making mistakes. Like that's the thing that like troubles me with like quarterbacks, like so early in the NFL, like Josh Allen was like terrible his first two years. And then boom, third year, like it just clicks for him. Like you just need more reps you need time to like develop. So I like seniors like Kenny Pickett is one of my more like sure picks for like, if you want to draft a quarterback in the NFL, I think he translates well, whether it's on his feet, but if you look at some of the passes against tech, like he was dropping like laser beam passes. Like I said, he didn't put up like 400 yards and six touchdowns like he did against Western Michigan, but they were precise, like gorgeous mechanics, his stance, like everything he does is great. Like I know you don't win a Heisman on your stance and your, your passing mechanics, but he's just, everything he does is, is just as good as it gets. And he, he definitely took a huge step from last year. He he took a huge step from last year, and especially in the Heisman race, obviously. I still think, um, you know, transition to another candidate. I still think Matt Corral is a favorite. I, and this, I think this applies to both, uh, both Corral and Pickett, is how, I don't know how thin of ice they're walking on, right? If they lose another game, how bad does that hurt their Heisman chances, right? Even if they keep playing, we just know what happens when even that Heisman finalist level player is playing it well, but their team loses the game, right? It's kind of a, a trend, you know, that's hit or miss sometimes with some of those finalists. And so, especially with, the, you know, a few other guys, we're kind of waiting for Bryce Young. I know he's – I don't know if he's still the favorite or if he's second in the odds now. he's barely favorite. Yeah, so, like, we're still waiting for him. If he – because if he kicks it back on, right, if Alabama, you know, roars back, or we think they will, I mean, he's probably going to be a finalist, right? I mean, you got guys like C.J. Stroud – you got, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter is pretty much out of it. Uh, John Robinson, Robinson exactly. He's definitely in it. Exactly. And so you you have three guys right there that are either already in it or could just ascend right into it. And so you're like, okay, well, then you're kind of leaving out some room. You're, you're run out of room if, if Pickett or, you know, Corral and, and Ole Miss and Pitt lose another game this season. I mean, Pitt only has one loss. Like I had them as a yeah. nine-win team going into the season, and they're, they're looking like they're going to pass that. They're five mm-hmm. and one right now. They're ranked. Like I said, if they beat Clemson, if they go and beat Clemson, which I think they will, and he puts up pretty big numbers, 
you will absolutely hear should Kenny Pickett be like a Heisman, like a name that's talked about more? Like it'll absolutely happen. So I, I think his moment will come this week. Yeah, um, our our man Chuck over here says uh, Chuck Brown says Jalen Warren should be the the Heisman. It's E I you know I before E except after C and in Heisman. That's the rule. So it, it's E E I. But uh, but uh, Chuck, I always spell it wrong. Yeah, name. Chuck says uh, Jalen Warren should be so seven hundred. 705 yards on the year. He's got six touchdowns, 11 receptions for 122 yards. Um, so, you know, obviously he's putting that team on his back right now because they don't have a tremendous passing game. You know, he, he could work his way, especially if you talk about beating uh, Oklahoma once, maybe twice, and he's got a lot to do with it. You know, he could work his way into it. There's I a lot like, of people. I feel like it's really hard for running backs, like in Heisman. I think it's like mm -hmm. a different – you have to like look at it different because I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry was a different beast. We were rushing like 50 times a game, like that's different. Our offense was running through Derrick Henry mostly, but I feel like all these other guys, like Kenneth Walker, like uh, Bajan Robinson, like you have this average quarterback play. Are you really going to put losses on a running back's hands? Or like, no, I wouldn't. Like, I don't think it's their fault. Like, if he runs 40 times a game and Bajan Robinson's running like 300 yards a game and they still lose to Oklahoma, like that's not his fault. Their defense sucks. He's doing um, everything he can. You got uh, Austin uh, Kaiser in the in the in the comments here. Josh says, "Don't trust anyone with a Washington Football Club flag." So he's, he's <laughs> You're one hundred percent right. Actually, sometimes I don't even know if I should, if I should trust myself. <laughs> oh man, yeah the 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 Washington Football Team ex Redskins, whatever you want to uh, call them, they're uh, they're I having. Don't, uh, I don't want to call them anything but losers after this week. Josh and I have been hurt. And that's, that's what we should be. That's it. That's it. So, uh, guys, you know, we've been chopping it up on Heisman stuff here. We're going to get to previews later in the week. We put out a show on Friday uh, that, that we'll get to uh, previews. We may even drop some previews uh, middle of the week just on the YouTube channel. So uh, make sure, like I said, go ahead and subscribe. Turn on notifications, CFB Unfiltered, at CFB Unfiltered on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search CFB Unfiltered, and, and uh, we'll be there, guys. So, um, you know, we appreciate everybody tuning in. And, uh, you know, the last thing I'd want to say on the, on the Heisman uh, deal there is there's some people starting to talk about that Big number ninety nine in the middle of that Georgia defense right there. Could <laughs> he get? Could he, he won't win it, but could he get to New York just because uh, enough riders start falling in love with him? No chance. Uh, in in Dominican Sioux style, that could uh, that could happen over there. Where in Dominican Sioux should have won it that year. Nobody can tell me otherwise. He was he was the best player in college football. And that's the thing. If they if they don't want it to be the best player in college football, let's change the criteria. Yeah. But nobody can say that. Jordan Davis is not really, really close, if not the most impactful player in college football. The dude's He's blocking insane. multiple field goals in a game. The guy's going through there, and literally there was a meme somebody put on uh, social media. They're, they're like, there should be a new rule, and it was a picture of the handoff was still getting handed to the Kentucky running back, and Jordan Davis is two yards behind the line of scrimmage. It says, if Jordan Davis is behind the line of scrimmage, before you've taken the handoff, you should just have to sit down and no one give you any crap for it because that's how that's what's gonna, gonna <laughs> happen. Like. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, guys, there's a five yard penalty. We'll have uh, we'll have the preview of uh, Pitt Clemson coming up this week. Uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, 
uh, other – there's a lot of teams with bye weeks this week, but we'll have, um, I think, LSU – LSU Ole Miss, yeah. so we'll see. Nothing Ed to o. lose Coach O. <laughs> Ed O in full interim mode once again against uh, Lane. That is – that should be the no Fs given ball yeah, is what that should that. be called right there. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of fun upcoming this week. So, like I said, subscribe, turn on those notifications, and we will see you on Friday. Who knows, maybe pop something up middle of the week on CFB Unfiltered. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.